I hope you guys grabbed one of the handouts this morning um, from the back table. If not, please do so. And, and in that handout, you will see a little graphic under the sermon notes. And for the last three and a half years at Agape, we have used this little graphic to communicate the three purposes of our church, of why we feel like we exist here in central Alabama. And if you look at those, you'll see that we, we can start with the highest of the three, uh, the highest purpose, which is we exist to love and worship the Lord sincerely. And if you move around clockwise, you will see that we also exist, that we would love one another. And we are to use Christ's own pattern of how He loves us. That's how we know how to love one another. Many definitions in the world of what love is and what it means to love other people. The kind of love we're called to is modeled after how Christ loves us. And then the third of the three, we exist to fulfill the charge that Jesus gave us to share about Him with all of the people that we can and teach them how to follow Him. We tell them about Jesus and where God gives us the opportunity, we teach them what it means to follow Him. We teach others what Jesus is teaching us, and that's called discipleship. And the way that we do this little graphic is that these three circles interlock because each one of these purposes is biblically connected to the other. You don't do one in a vacuum. We're responsible for them all, but they are all related. And at the center of those three, we put this word, rely. If you've been at Agape, then you know and have heard that word for a while. We did t-shirts a few weeks ago. We, one of the t-shirts we did was a rely shirt because it is one of our principles. That word rely at the center of all those circles reminds us that as we try to do these purposes, we have to continually ask Jesus for his presence and his help. Because if, if he doesn't help us, then we're not going to be able to do these things. I think it's good for us to be reminded from time to time why we exist and I know that for some of you, may, you, know, you may look at that and, and kind of ponder it, and it jumps out at you, and it sinks in. Some of you, it, it may seem like, because you've heard it for a while, <clears throat> it kind of seems like we're just going over something that we've been over before. But I want to say to us this morning that these purposes that we have are simultaneously simple and deeply profound. Right, so this is not something that you would look at and say, oh, well, that's, that's really radical. I've not heard that before. Yet, while we should spend the rest of our lives trying to go deeper in each one of those circles, the fact is you will never master any of them. You can put your heart for the rest of your life to try and love the Lord sincerely and love others as Christ loves you and make disciples, and you will see advancing and growing in those things, but you will never master any of them. It's a lifelong pursuit. And so I believe it is a gift to us that we get to learn together every year that we exist as a church a better understanding of what these purposes mean for our own lives and how we can strive for maturity in them all. I think it's important from time to time to look at them and say, okay, how, how can I love God more sincerely? How can I love others better? How can I make disciples as 
Christ has called me to in an effective way. And so that's really what we've kind of started doing the first of this year, talking about how do we go deeper in some of these purposes. And the one that we have focused on so far is the second purpose, loving one another. We've been talking about the last couple of weeks, how do we mature in building relationships and loving one another well? How do we grow in that, understanding it's a lifelong pursuit? Now, we did something very similar to this last year. So we're always coming back and reminding ourselves of God's Word. So this time last year, we were in a series that we called Rooted and Growing. And I'll ask John if he'll throw up that, that image. Some of you may remember this image from last year. But this is, this is a depiction that we used of Christian community. Christ followers and the community of believers are like this tree. Our aim is to grow upwards toward God. That's what we want to do. We want to grow toward God. And at the same time, we want to grow out toward others. And we want to bear fruit. That's what you see hanging from the limbs. Now, fruit, when you apply it to our lives, what is fruit? Fruit is the character and the works that are produced in us when we're a believer. So the character that Jesus is producing in us, the good works that Jesus is producing in us, that's the fruit. And if you think about this depiction of a tree, fruit never grows for the tree's own consumption. An apple tree doesn't grow apples for itself. Fruit is for others. Fruit helps people identify what type of tree it is that they've encountered. And fruit nourishes those who would reach up and enjoy what is being grown on the tree. And that is the depiction of the Christian community, the Christian life. We bear good character and good works, not so much for ourselves, but so other people can see that we belong to Jesus and so that they can be nourished by what God is producing in us. But of course, this whole picture, this whole thing, we want to grow as tall as we can, as wide as we can in this depiction, and as much fruit as we can, but the entire thing is dependent on the part of the tree that we never really look at, the roots. A tree can only grow and produce fruit if the roots of the tree are receiving nutrients that give it life. It's the only way it can grow. So if you desire spiritual growth, and if you're a believer, you should. If you desire spiritual growth in your church that you call home here at Agape, then if you want to see growth in all the things that are above the surface that you can measure and that you can ponder and that you can see, the only way that will happen is if there is continual growth under the surface, in your heart, in the parts of your life in the church that you can't easily see. So how does that happen? And that's what I want us to talk about today. Three life truths from the Bible that teaches us as a community of believers what it means to grow our figurative roots down deep in good soil. How does that happen? We want to be a good, steady, tall, 
overflowing tree with abundant fruit that glorifies God and nourishes others. So how do we get our roots to go deep in good soil so that that can happen? And what I hope occurs as we look at these three spiritual, these three life truths, I hope that you are going to see how God has ordained and purposed that our love for one another is critical to this above-surface growth that we hope for. That loving one another, as the Bible has called us to, is not a mere negotiable or a portion of the Christian life, but actually God has ordained that your love for each other in this room, your love for each other, for the people who aren't here this morning, who call Agape home, or who will call Agape home in this new year, that our love for each other is critical for us to grow, is critical for our roots to go down deep so that we can bear fruit. So, with the Lord's help, let it be that we see these things. Life truth number one. God causes the church to grow up and bear fruit as we receive His Word and obey it. God causes the church to grow up and bear fruit as we receive His Word and as we obey it. And I would call this abiding in faith. If you have a Bible or Bible app, as we said this morning, we go to John 15. And I'll take this opportunity to say, as I do every week, that if you do not have a physical copy of God's Word, we'd love to gift you with one this morning. If you know someone in your life who you are trying to invest in who needs a good study Bible, let us know and we will give you one that you can give to them. In John 15, Jesus is speaking to His followers, probably a very well-known teaching and phrase, but may we hear it this morning with new ears. Jesus says to his church, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Whoever abides or remains in me and I in him, that is the person who bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from Christ, you can do nothing. He's the vine. And you are the branches. Whoever abides in Him bears much fruit. So what Jesus is teaching us is that this above-surface growth that we want to grow tall and wide and bear fruit is dependent on the the below-the-surface act of abiding. If you are not abiding in Christ, you will not grow and bear fruit. That's what Jesus shows us. And so the best way to think about what it means to be rooted or to have roots that go down deep, think of it in the biblical term of abiding. Abiding in Christ. Now the question is, okay, how do we abide? I see what Jesus is saying, and how do I do that? What does it mean to abide in Him, remain in Him, be rooted in Him? And Jesus answers that question in verse 10. We're going down a little bit in John 15, and this is what he says. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. If you do what I say, if you keep the character of my word, 
you will abide in me. You will abide in my love. So we abide as a church. Our roots are growing deep under the surface when we take in all the words of Jesus, which is the entire Bible, the scriptures that he has given us, and we seek to do what it says with his help that is in us. This is not just a go read the Bible and try to obey. It is that, but it is not that in the way that we typically think of read something and and do it. We can do nothing without him. We need Jesus to obey Jesus. We need Jesus to love Jesus. So we continually rely on him and ask him for his help. If you find yourself unable to obey Scripture, the first thing you should be doing is asking Jesus to help you obey. Now, you need to exert your will and try to obey, and there may be things you need to cut out of your life or you need to do in order to obey, but all of that you do in obedience to Him. He is with you and He is helping you. But we take in His Word, and you may say, well, I don't understand the Word when I read it. Ask Him to help you. He will. And we're never going to learn and understand it by just saying it's too hard, so I'm just going to set it aside. We learn and understand it by reading it and asking Jesus to help us understand it. And when we, underst- when we take it in, and then we try to do what it says by His help, that is how our roots go deep. That is how we abide. Now, you may ask, you may say, well, wait a minute, don't we grow spiritually in other ways? Don't we grow spiritually when we pray or when we worship, when we sing? Don't we grow spiritually using our spiritual gifts for one another or serving one another or giving one another? And, of course, my answer to all that is yes. But how do you know how to do those things well? What is the foundation of knowing how to pray and how to worship? and how to give, and how to serve in a way that pleases God. Every bit of it starts with and is centered on the teaching of His Word that we are guided into by His Spirit. So it all starts with receiving and obeying. We grow our roots down deep in abiding by receiving and obeying the words Christ gave us. Let me just pause and say, for some of us, this is a good time of year to look and say, you know what? I'm not where I want to be with that. And set a goal right now to see that change this year. Not in the way of a resolution where it's like, okay, I'm going to do this this year, and two weeks later you forget about it. But putting your face to asking Jesus to help you right now began to receive and obey His Word deeper and better than you did previous. This is a good time of year to do that and to focus on that. Life truth number two. These are going to build on each other. So God causes us to grow and bear fruit as we receive His Word and obey, which is abiding in faith. Life truth number two. In order to do that, in order to receive and obey God's Word, our hearts must be continually prepared In order to receive and obey God's Word, our hearts must be continually prepared. 
Another way to put that is our hearts need to be made ready. Now, I love all of the analogies, the parables of Scripture, and they used a lot of farming analogies and agricultural analogies. I don't personally get those in, in a practical sense because we basically don't grow anything. Well, I don't. My wife does. But I don't grow anything other than... Um, well, I don't grow anything. And honestly, if it's green, I tend to just want to cut it down and pave over it so I don't have to deal with it again. But I do understand uh, by people who do garden that if you were to plant something, you, you don't just go out and, and dig a hole and put a seed in the ground. Like There's some prep work that needs to happen. There's some tilling and preparing that needs to happen to that soil to make it ready for the seed. And that's what we're really talking about here in our hearts. If you really want to set your face to receive and obey God's Word, there is work that needs to be done in our hearts. And that's what Jesus tells us in Luke 8. And if you've been at Agape for a while, you know that I think this is probably the most important parable that Jesus taught. I actually think Jesus said that. In it, Jesus uses different types of soil to represent how His Word the seed, encounters a human heart. Now, Scott already said, there are four ways, and we'll take Jesus at His Word, only four ways, in which the Word of God will encounter a human heart. Know then, in this parable, you are one of these four soils. Right now, today, where you sit in this room or watching this on replay, you are described in this parable one of these four ways. There are men and women who are along the path, Jesus said. These are people who hear God's Word. Maybe they hear it over and over and over again. Maybe they're sitting in a seat in a church every week. But they don't respond. They don't respond to what they hear. And eventually the devil snatches that word away and they never come to faith. There are those who are among the thorns. These are men and women and children who get so caught up in both the pleasures of this life and the worries of this life that growth in God's word is choked out before it ever matures. There, it's like thorns around a rose bush or a plant or something. Thorns have, rose bushes have thorns anyway, right? So anyway, just picture a thicket of thorns. And it's choking out the good plant that is trying to grow. That may be for you, pleasures. I love my life. I love the world. I love what I'm doing. I love my hobbies. I love my shows, I love my music, I love everything that I'm doing. I don't really have a lot of time for godliness. I'll go to church on Sundays, I'll go to a Bible study every night, but I, I don't really have time for that because I am busy enjoying my life. Some of us, it's the opposite. We, we may hate our life. We may be despairing in sorrow and frustration and worry, and every day we wake up and we are anxious about what's going to happen. 
and we're so worried about the thing on the news, so worried about our finances or the next variant, or we're so worried about where the world is going, or we're so worried about relationships and all these things that may be happening in our life that we we don't take time for God because we're so focused on those things. Then there are men and women and children who are the rocky ground. They hear the Word. They receive the Word. Something starts happening. Jesus actually says they receive it with joy. They feel something. And something above the surface starts to grow. But when the roots start trying to go down to get the nutrients, the soil of their heart is too hard. It's impenetrable. It's like a rock. And because those roots can't actually get nourishment, because those roots can't find the abiding that they need, what is growing and what you can see is actually only superficial. And eventually, it is going to wilt and it's going to die. This is a person who hears the word of Christ. They're in a position to hear the word of Christ. And they are stirred by feelings. And maybe they even make some declarations. Maybe they even make some promises. But their heart's hard. And there's no true abiding in Christ. And here is when that is eventually revealed. When their faith is challenged by trial. When their faith is challenged by some kind of adversity. When their faith is challenged by some kind of persecution. That's when it's revealed there was really no abiding. So for us to grow, we need to receive the Word and obey it. For us to be able to do that, our heart must be soft and fertile ground. It must continually be made ready to hear God's Word fresh. You need to be able to look at the Word and say, you know what, I've probably heard this two dozen times, but there's a way for me to hear it right now that I've never heard it before. So Jesus, would you help me do that? And they want to obey. I'm trying to obey what this means, but I feel like I'm being called to obey in a deeper way or a newer way than I have before. And so the question then becomes, how does God do that work? How do we end up having soft, fertile hearts that are ready to receive His Word? Like if if you... If you look at this and you say, okay, I don't think I am right now fertile ground. What's the next step? What do you do? And how do you change that? So certainly, you cry out to the Lord. God promises that in salvation, He will take your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. So the very act of being saved and crying out to Christ for salvation 
is Jesus doing a work in your heart to take away that hard, impenetrable ground and give you soft, fertile ground. But that's not the end of the journey. You can, even as a Christian, find your heart being hardened. Find your heart becoming impenetrable. So what can you do after you cry out to be saved, after you cry out to Christ for help, what do you do so that your heart can be prepared, so you can like till the soil like you would in order to plant seed? And at least part of that answer is found in this life truth number three. God's Spirit uses the mutual exhortation of believers to keep our hearts from becoming hardened. For a believer, God's Spirit uses the mutual exhortation, exhorting of believers to keep our hearts from becoming hardened. And what I want to point us to today is something called discipling community. In that opening reading this morning that that Anna read for us in Hebrews, if you look at that in your notes, in verse 14, you see a depiction of a soul that is abiding in Christ. Under the surface, their roots are going down deep in good soil. And in verse 14, it describes that person this way, they hold their original confidence firm to the end. Doesn't mean you don't have times where you trip up. Doesn't mean you don't have times where you doubt. Doesn't mean that you don't have times where you question things, but the statement over your life at the end of it will be, they held their confidence in Christ firm to the end. Unlike the person of rocky ground who wilts under a scorching wind that comes on account of God's Word, this person is standing immovable in good soil. And the word at the beginning of the verse, for, tells us that the writer is connecting that statement that a believer who is rooted, abiding, will stand firm until the end. It connects that verse to the previous verse. And the previous verse, verse 13, says this, a command to Christians, exhort one another every day that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. How does a believer see their heart kept from being hardened so that the word and the roots don't find impenetrable ground? How do we come to a place where we hold our original confidence firm to the end? We exhort one another every day. Every day. You should be in a place to receive the exhortation of another believer. And every day, you should be exhorting someone who is a believer in the faith. This tells us that our ability to abide... Our ability to abide in this good soil comes in part from our interactions with each other. 
We spent the last two weeks talking about how do we build relationships in the church? How do we love each other? Let me say to us that what this shows us, what we're building on today, is that love for one another in the church can't just be about being kind to each other, being thoughtful to one another, forgiving one another, serving one another. We should do those things. We should be kind. We should serve. We should forgive. But any healthy community in the world does those things. Any healthy, secular community is kind to one another, forgives one another, serves one another. What stands out about Christian community? It is this, that the love we have for each other patterns itself after Jesus. What did Jesus do? He sacrificed His own life so that other people could grow to God. So if we're going to mimic what Jesus did, we are called to love one another in a way that sets ourselves aside, gets uncomfortable, in order that we can help the person next to us or across the aisle from us grow in godliness. I think it's one reason the enemy tries to keep us divided and focused on unforgiveness and arguments and divisions, because if we are focused on those things then we won't help each other grow. And God has ordained that we would. And this mutual exhortation from other believers keeps our hearts from being hard soil. What is exhortation, by the way? We talked about it last year. It is a verbal persuading. You exhort verbally. Now, that may take the form of speaking to someone, of writing a letter to someone, texting someone, Phone calls, singing, hearing one another sing, teaching one another, sharing Scripture with one another. Exhortation sometimes looks like comfort and encouragement. Sometimes exhortation looks like a correction or a warning. But whatever the form the exhortation takes, it is meant to help each other grow in godliness. And it is not possible unless we are doing the work necessary to build relationships in the church. Not just friendships. Listen, I want every person in this church, I want every person who calls this church home, it is my desire that you feel at home here. It is my desire that you can... Think about this place and say, I have friends there. But church, can I tell you, sometimes we get so focused on that that we just stop there. I feel at home and I have friends. That's not Christian community. Sometimes your community is going to make you really uncomfortable. Sometimes your community is going to be somebody who comes to you and says, man, I got to tell you, I'm I'm worried. Sometimes it may not feel like friendship. It's not always going to be hanging out and just having fun together. Although I want us to do those kinds of things. The goal is to help one another grow in godliness. We build relationships in the church so we can love each other, have fun together, be community, be a family, feel at home. 
but for the purpose of helping one another grow. That's what sets us apart. You might be concerned in, in reading Luke 8, what I said earlier, Scott mentioned it too, like, what kind of soil am I? And I think it's a good question to ask, but let me just say to you that I think that answer is less important than just how you respond. Because at the end of the day, if you're along the path, or you're in the thorns, or you're rocky ground, the answer to it all is to come to Christ and abide in Him. So don't spend so much time trying to figure out where you are. If the Lord just reveals to you you're not where you need to be, come to Christ. If you've never done so, cry out to Him to change your heart and save you. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And if you have been saved, abide in Him. Receive His Word. Figure out how to do that every single day. I think the way Josh always puts it when he talks about it is still away time out of your day to go be with the Lord, read His Word, and pray. There is nothing more important in your life than that. Nothing. We make time for all kinds of things. The most important thing is to still away time to be with the Lord. And give yourself to a community of faith. Give yourself over to a church and to a community where you can be exhorted and you can exhort others. And that is how we help one another to be good soil and to have roots that go down deep. Without continual help from Christian community, our heart is in danger. It is. Go back and read Hebrews. Exhort one another every day so that your heart is not hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. If you do not have a group of people in your life exhorting you toward God, your heart is in danger of being hardened. I don't care how long you've been a Christian. I don't care how long you've been in church. I don't care how much of the Bible you have memorized. If you are not in a place to receive exhortation from other believers, your heart is in danger. So I want to end today with an exhortation of my own. This has been a long couple of years, right? And during this pandemic, we've been up and down and up and down. And we've had so many challenges. And it times seems like it's went by really fast. And at times you look back and say, man, this has just been long and arduous and slow. During this pandemic, we as a church have slowly gotten to a place where right now less than half of the adults in this church are in some type of discipling community at Agape. And I don't say that to guilt anyone. I want you to hear me. I don't believe guilt works. It's a really, 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 really bad and honestly cheap preaching tool. But I am speaking where we are. When I talk about discipling community, what I mean is a group of people regularly meeting 
for the purpose of building relationships around God's Word and exhorting one another to godliness and the shared mission of the church. I think it's great to have discipling community in various forms, but I think we should all have a discipling community within the church we call home because this is the only place where we have that shared mission of Jesus. Discipling community here at Agape, examples of it would be men's and ladies' Bible studies, grow groups that meet. The men met up here this past Wednesday. We laughed a little bit, cut up, we got into the Word, we chewed over Scripture, and then we broke into groups and prayed for one another. It was a beautiful picture of talking about the Word and exhorting one another. We have small groups that meet too. We have one in Trustville, we got one in Pinson, we've got a new one that's starting this year in Blunt County. We have groups like the worship team that bring people together that want to fellowship and grow around service to God through music, but the worship team does more than just practice songs. They actually spend time, and Sam is working on that so they can spend more time building and exhorting one another. And so what I'm laying before you is my hope and the hope of the leadership of the church, and that is that this year we go from sub-50% of our church that's in one of these groups regularly to near 100% that you're in at least one of the groups. I'd love it if we were in multiple groups. But I think we should be in at least one. And I hope I have made the case from the Bible today that this is God's will for us. If you don't see it in Scripture, if, you're, if you don't see what I'm saying from the Bible, ignore it. But what I'm trying to do is make the case to you today that God has ordained that we need this exhortation. And if you see that in Scripture, then it must be obeyed. And I know there are still physical dangers in gathering. I realize that. I don't know when or if those are going to go away. I realize it takes a sacrifice of time and effort. And I know life is busy. And I know that there will never be a season of your life where it's not. But church, without this constant exhortation of our hearts, we are in danger of growing hard. Growing hardened to God's Word. So this is life and death for us, and so I'm appealing to you to take it seriously. I'm appealing to you that you need exhortation from a discipling community. This morning, if you're not a part of one of those groups and you're interested, I will give you an easy way that you can explore them in your church app if you have downloaded that. You can go to groups and you can go under building community and under building community under groups, you can see the existing groups that we have right now that you could connect with. And I would say that maybe some of you would be stirred to start your own discipling community group that you would involve other people in. I'm great with that. All I ask is come talk to me, come talk to Nick, let's discuss what that would look like. Maybe we need to get you some training if it's on your heart to start a group of some kind. And they don't all have to look the same. I'm beyond the place of saying, this is the model that we have to use and they all have to look the same. I'm beyond that. I just want you 
every one of you to be actively in a group exhorting one another in God's Word. Not just hanging out with one another, but actually spending time in God's Word, praying and exhorting one another. That's the root. That's the abiding that we need. So as the worship team comes up, I invite Sam and worship team to come back. I want to give us our prayer focus for this new week. As we start off this new year, I really want us to look at these prayer focuses diligently. And so far this year, we've started off asking that God would speak to us and we would hear. Actually, straight out of Hebrews. God, speak to us and God, let us hear what you're saying. And then last week we prayed that God would let love fill our hearts so that the only debt we owe each other is a debt of love. Now we're going to kind of bring these together using this Hebrews 3.13 passage. So this week, starting right now, I want to ask that you would please pray for Agape and the people and even yourself that we would be excited about gathering together this year in discipling community groups, of getting together on a routine basis in smaller forms to study the Word, build relationships, and exhort each other. And I want to ask us to pray this week that the giving and receiving of exhortation from one another would be effective in keeping our hearts soft, pliable, ready to receive God's Word. It's a beautiful thing for a church to love one another and have deep relationships. It's a more beautiful thing for that love to care about one another. I think we're a friendly group of people. I want people, when they walk in that door for the first time, I want them to feel at home, feel welcomed. But you know what I want? I want, I want you to see people in this room, and I want you to wonder, is anybody helping them grow? God, would, what would you have me do? How can I get them to one of the groups that we're doing, that I'm in? Or God, should I do something with a group of people? I want us to care about that. I want us to ponder that and think about that. I want us to sacrifice where we need to and be bold so that we can love each other and grow better. I've got some prayer partners that are going to come up this morning and they'll be over here to my left. If you need prayer for anything this morning, please come and receive prayer. Maybe you just need exhortation. Maybe you know that you're not where you need to be with the Lord and you just want someone to pray with you. Or maybe there is someone that you want to pray for who needs exhortation. Anything at all. Maybe you need healing. Maybe you're just going through a rough time. They're here that they can pray with you and, and for you. 
The last thing I ask is if God is speaking to you about something in your life today, in your relationship with Him, especially if you're not sure where you stand with Jesus, please, before you leave today, would you just come and let me know that and we'll schedule some time to talk. Or if you, if you don't really want to come and talk to me this morning on that back table, there's some little cards, sheet of paper, it says connection card at the back. Fill that out, put it in the offering box with your information and I'll get with you. As we sing and worship and pray, let us thank God that He has ordained Christ to come, sacrifice Himself that we might grow to Him. And let us ask Him how we can join with Him in that work, loving each other so that we too can grow. Amen.